Thank you, Sienna and Diana. Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, good to be with you. Let me uh, begin in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we do want to thank you for your grace and your love to us in the Lord Jesus. Father, we want to thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray that you might open up the scriptures, we might see your word, that we might be moved so that we can live a life of service for you. We do pray these things for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. You know, uh, where I live at Wanuna, near the station, there is a, a fish and chip uh, place. You can see that I spend a bit of time there, don't you? <laughs> and in this uh, shop, there are all these iconic photos. There's pictures of uh, Holdens and old Fords. And uh, the uh, photo that's up on the screen, uh, it was a, a building, uh, the Rockefeller building, built in 1932. And on it is this steel girder with 11 uh, workmen having their lunch, having a smoke, doing whatever they're doing. They're 300 metres up in the air. And when I saw that, the first time I saw it, I thought, that's a picture of trust. They're trusting that that steel girder is going to hold them up. And that's what trust is. It's having confidence. It's having assurance. It is having a conviction. You know, sometimes our trust in worldly structures are less than secure. Uh, trusting God doesn't always make sense uh, from a world's point of view, but it's absolutely necessary if we want to live a blessed life. Today we look at that crowning proverb of all proverbs. Uh, why don't we say it again? Or maybe we should get the kids up and say it. Or maybe Hannah. Hannah's pretty good. Let's say these words together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Folks, I just want to have a look at those words just briefly this morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, if there was one person that you would trust, who would it be? Who would it be? I bet it would be a person that uh, is trustworthy, a person that's reliable, a person that is honest, a person that is dependable. You wouldn't trust someone that's a bit of a liar. You wouldn't trust a person that's unsympathetic, judgmental, insensitive, a gossiper. You trust someone that's trustworthy. And folks, all through the scriptures we see that God is trustworthy and he wants us to decide to give God's leadership a try. In Hebrews uh, chapter 11, uh, we have the people of faith uh, that was read to us by Diana. People who trusted God and trusted in his promises. In verse 7 there, by faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, well, he actually trusted what God was saying to him, that there was going to be a flood. Can you imagine building a, a huge boat in the desert for two years? Noah trusted God, didn't he? Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children. Do you know how old Sarah was? She was in her 90s. Abraham was in his 90s. They still trusted that somehow there was going to be a child born. They didn't know how, but they trusted that God would do what he said. And then Abraham, in verse 17, when God tested him, offered Isaac as, as a sacrifice. The whole promise was that Abraham would be, he would be the beginning of a, of a great nation. 
from his seed, and that would be from Isaac. So, so much depended on Isaac with regards to the promises of God. And now God is saying, mate, sacrifice it. Can you imagine doing that? His only son. And yet, Abraham was uh, willing to do that. And then we know the story, then God pulled him back and uh, uh, provided a ram. Because of his reputation, in chapter 12, we read these words, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything and the sin that entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Folks, there is no shortcuts to trusting God. The only way to trust God in our life is to make a decision. Throw off the old ways. Get rid of the sin that entangles us. Fix our eyes. Focus on the Lord Jesus and his promises. And we can be pretty confident that God's ways are the solid girder that will hold us up. Well, folks, where are you? in your spiritual journey with Jesus as you walk towards Jesus? Where are you? Can I ask you, as I ask myself, are you growing in trust from year to year, one step at a time? I know a lot of people trust in Jesus as their saviour with all their heart. They believe that Jesus is the son of God. They believe that Jesus died on the cross so that they can be forgiven. They believe that Jesus rose from the dead so that we can share in that resurrection. They believe that they are a child of God. But you know what? Not everyone trusts in Jesus as their Lord with all their hearts. Jesus wants us to accept all of the word of God. And folks, if we're serious about following Jesus, we will look at the scriptures and we will look at them and say, I need to obey this stuff. Because in the end, it's what's best for me. Uh, In verse 1 of chapter 3, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. You see, Jesus wants us to accept his loving leadership. And trust has this idea of lying down on face down, like a servant, ready to jump up at his master's command. Folks, take the challenge as I I challenge myself. Start trusting in God with all your heart. That means totally. Start by taking a risk because trusting God can be risky from our point of view. How do we do that? Well, there are some uh, examples there in the scriptures uh, in chapter 3, verse 9, honour the Lord your God with your wealth. Being generous to one another. Being generous to God's church. In Romans 15, he says, don't please yourself, but build each other up. That means you've got to give tithe. That means you've got to be a servant for one another. And we know that if we're going to serve one another, we're actually serving the Lord Jesus. Romans also says not to retaliate, but accept one another. And it's hard sometimes to accept one another when we're different (laughs) or when someone has hurt us. But the more we trust God, the more we trust God. 
the more we trust God, the more the Holy Spirit will work in our lives. Then Solomon says, lean not on your own understanding. Uh, the famous uh, preacher, Dwight Moody, once said, and I love this, he says, trust in yourself and you are doomed for disappointment. Trust in your friends and they will die and leave you. Trust in money and you may have, have taken away from you. Trust in your reputation and some slanderous tongue may blast it. But trust in God and you are never to be confounded in time or eternity. I don't think Moody is saying, you know, throw away your brains or get rid of common sense, just be a robot. But we need to be careful in how we react, our emotions too. Uh, we all mess up in, 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 our, in life from time to time. We don't know what's best for us. And that's why Solomon says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Folks, whether we like it or not, human wisdom uh, is limited and sometimes faulty. We need God's input in the decision-making process of everyday life. Some years ago, I was uh, speaking uh, at a men's um, weekend away out west, but I needed to get back on, on, on Sunday, and uh, the guys actually got hired a, a plane for me. Uh, I think it was a four-seater plane. I'd never been in a small plane before, and I, I thought it was fantastic. And we were flying, and all of a sudden we came over the mountains, and, and then it just went all white. <laughs> we, I don't know what you call it, fog, cloud. It was, uh, we were in, in a soup. It was as if someone put a white sheet over the screen. And I just looked at the pilot, and I said to him, mate, are we good? <laughs> and he assured me that we were good. He said, it is now the time that we need to trust the instruments. We don't trust in ourselves. We don't trust in our experience. Not even in our feelings, in our intuition. And folks, I think that's what Solomon is saying. Lean not on your own understanding. No matter how smart you are, no matter how experienced you are, human judgment is limited and sometimes wrong. Even our gut instincts will sometimes fail us. You know, we need a deeper insight, a, a bigger picture, a broader perspective than human wisdom can offer. And folks, we find this godly wisdom from the Word of God, don't we? And from the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will work and we are told that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So the more we saturate ourselves in, in the scriptures, the greater chance that we will hear, listen and put into practice what we are listening to. The word of God is the instrument by which we live to continue on our spiritual journey. You know, there are some things that God asks us to do that seem the opposite to the world. The Bible says, be a servant. And what does the world say? Work towards being a boss. Then you can boss everyone around. The Bible says be other person-centred. The world will say, look after yourself. 
you're the most important person in the world. The Bible says, talk, talks about forgiving and reconciling with one another uh, when we're able to do. Where the world will say, oh, revenge is okay. Go for compensation. The Bible talks about being generous, having a generous spirit. Whereas the world will say, keep that nest egg. Look after yourself. Folks, can I say life will go a lot smoother when we trust the word of God completely. It doesn't always make sense. In fact, it may go against the world's values. You know, there was a, a man walking uh, down a narrow path and uh, he wasn't paying atten attention and he slipped uh, on the cliff edge. And as he was sliding down, he grabbed on to a branch that was sticking out. And uh, realising that he couldn't save himself, he started to yell for help. Is anybody up there? Is anybody up there? Help! Is anybody up there? And then he heard this deep voice. Yes, I'm up here. Who's that? The voice said, I'm the Lord. Oh, Lord, he said. Thank you so much. Please save me. Please help me from, from this, uh, this, this place. Save me and I'll come to church and I'll, I'll chuck money in the plate and I'll help old ladies cross the road. And the Lord said, okay, let go. And the man said, Lord, you don't understand, I need saving. Please save me. And the Lord said, yes, let go. And then after a pregnant pause, the man yelled out, is there anybody else up there? <laughs> Little did he realise that he was only about six foot from the ground. Folks, we, wanna, we want God to save us. We want God to heal us. We'll even make bargains with God. We, need him, we want him to repair our relationship, fix all our problems. But sometimes we keep a, a hold of our own understanding. But we've got to let go and let God take control. Let go and let God. You can't lean on your own understanding if you want spiritual blessing in your life. Solomon goes on, he says, in all of your ways acknowledge him, or all of your ways submit to him. Uh, to acknowledge or to submit to someone is to recognise the power and supremacy of them. And folks, I want to say, when we hear the scriptures, don't let pride say, well, God, I don't need you. I don't need God's wisdom here in this area of my life. I don't need you. It only takes a, a little hole to sink a, a big ship. Um, most of you would know about uh, the, the Titanic. And it had a couple of gashes on the side when it hit the um, uh, iceberg. And it, they were relatively small holes compared, compared to the size of the boat. And yet the unsinkable ship sunk on its first voyage. Are there areas in your life where you think you're unsinkable? There are some areas in your life that maybe you've told God, God, no trespassing. Keep out. I don't need your advice here. 
And that might be with regards to our career, where we're forced maybe to be dishonest. It might be sexuality, sex before marriage, adultery, pornography. It might be our choice of friends. And we know that those choice of friends, well, they make us happy, but they certainly can lead us astray sometimes. And it might be our leisure activities. They might be questionable. We might be spending too, t too much time, too much time on the golf course. It's easy to say, God, I know what the Bible's saying. I know that the Holy Spirit is prompting me, but the answer is no. I don't want your advice in this area of my life. I'm fine. Thank you very much. But folks, one area in life we don't surrender with sinkers. I remember some years ago, Tiger Woods, who was the uh, number one golfer in the world, everything seemed to be going well, lovely family, and then it was uh, known that he had committed adultery. And it's really interesting, from that what he thought was a little thing, it just exploded. He, 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 got, he got injured, he, he lost out in, in his, uh, uh, I guess, being the, the number one uh, golfer in the world. Uh, ben Cousins was uh, another example. Dabbled with a little bit of porn, dabbled with a little bit of drugs. And it had huge consequences with his relationships. We need to ask ourselves, are there areas in our life where Jesus is not Lord? Are there areas in, the, in your life where Jesus is taboo? Folks, take down the no trespassing sign. Take down the keep out signs. It says in all of your ways, all of your ways acknowledge him or submit to him. Can I say this? If you're 95% devoted to the Lord, you're 5% short. If you're 95% devoted to the Lord, we're 5% short. Uh, many people seem determined to learn everything the hard way, but we can save ourselves a boatload of trouble if we submit, if we acknowledge, if we wise up to the Lord and have that desire in wanting to take over all our lives. And I gather that's what some of the kids did at uh, Kip. Isn't that great? Apparently there were five kids, four kids, five kids who uh, gave their lives to Christ and another four that recommitted their lives. And that's, a, that's, a, that's a great story. You know, I've never met a Christian who has regretted opening their life to the Lord. And the ones that have are the ones that are most content, are the most joyful in their life. Trust Jesus to be the Lord of all your life. Your career, your sexuality, your finances, your friends, your hobbies, your attitudes. And then we have a promise. And he will make your path straight. I don't think it means God will make you healthy, wealthy and happy, particularly. I don't think it means that he will make us comfortable, uh, popular and thin. <laughs> Wish he would, right? It doesn't mean that God will necessarily give us all the material goods and satisfy all our uh, desires, but it does mean 
that we will be blessed. We will have greater blessing. We will have direction in our lives as we use our gifts, as we live life. It means we'll have a greater purpose in our relationships with our family and our church family. It means that we'll have a greater fulfilment, a contentment, a joy, a smile on our face, knowing that we are experiencing God's very best. He will keep our lives on the right track. We will never be shortchanged. Hands up those people who are in their 20s. Not too many, are there? Um, can I say that quarter of your life is over? <laughs> what about those people in their 30s and 40s? Possibly half your life is over. What are those people that are in their 50s and 60s? Possibly three quarters of our life is over. What about those people in their 70s and 80s? Be thankful. Folks, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we begin a, a we were, <laughs> I was about to say we begin a new year, 2023. We're a quarter of the way through the year. Can you believe it? And folks, I just want to encourage us to let's make a new commitment to Jesus. Let's make a new commitment. Let's be asking ourselves, how am I going to trust God more than I did last week, more than I did last year? Make the most of your life. Life is short. Let's do our best. Make it count for Jesus. Take the step of faith. Trust in God a little more than we have before. Let the Holy Spirit, let the Word of God convict us, change us. Be devoted to Jesus because we know he has been absolutely devoted to you and to me. I know it can be very cliche. We can say these words, you know, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. But Jesus did die in your place. He did shed his blood for you and for me. He was paying for your mistakes, for my mistakes. And he did rise from the dead so that we can share in that resurrection, so that we can share in that heaven where there'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more sickness, no more tears. And as we get older and older, they are the words that really make a lot of sense that we are drawing closer to the Lord Jesus. Trust, say it with me, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Folks, I thought it would be a, a good idea to uh, say a prayer together and it's this prayer, I've called it the Lordship Prayer and it's really just been picking up on some of the things that we've been talking about this morning. So why don't we say these words out aloud, slowly, trying to think of what we're saying. So it's the Lordship Prayer. Together, Lord Jesus Christ, I acknowledge my need of you and accept you as my Saviour, my Redeemer, my Deliverer and my Lord. I invite you now, Jesus, to be the Lord of my whole life. Lord of my mind, my attitudes 
and my mental health, Lord of my body and my physical health, Lord of my spirit and all my worship, Lord of my family and all my relationships, Lord of my sexuality and its expression, Lord of my work and my service for you, Lord of my material goods and needs, Lord of all my finances, Lord of my emotions and all my reactions, Lord of my will and all my decisions, Lord of the manner and time of my death. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood was shed for me so that I might be freely forgiven. I ask you now to fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I will have your understanding, your love, your gifts and your blessings. Amen. Friends, why don't we just take a little time just quietly uh, before we celebrate the Lord's Supper together, maybe thinking over some of those words, maybe thinking about some of those things that we can change. Let's bow our heads as we do that.